0: Good morning, and I, I always like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our, our, our global CSA community. And uh, again, I'm so so happy to be here and happy to have all of you with me and with us as we uh, put, put our retreat on this weekend with uh, some announcements and then a short meditation, and then I'll go right into the process of cosmic manifestation, uh, specifically as written By Garouge, by Roy, Eugene Davis, and Life Surrendering God. And the purpose that why we're here really is is simple. It's because we all realize how important, how critically important it is uh, to get this information out. And my message also to you all is that you don't, it doesn't take a fully self-enlightened yogi to be able to share what they know and to spread this, this information. The, the concept that we're we're fostering here is of a spiritual community, and Michael Gadaway was chatting with me and, and brought this to my attention and It's important that we realize that that this is our opportunity to share together in that sense and to um have a deep relationship with each other in that manner so um with that, I think now what i'll be doing in, when I teach. I like to I lean more and more to the style. You know, in India in the in the in the in the old days, even now, when they teach, they don't cram a bunch of information into your head all at one time. They go through it more slowly. And so that's the way I like to do it. I like to produce and introduce concepts and so forth. And I'll be working directly from Roy Eugene Davis's book, Life Surrendered in God, for for part of it. And then I'll add my own, uh, my own input. And then we'll, we'll spend some time in the silence, assimilating what we're, what we're talking about. Because my, my goal is simple. I just want everyone to wake up and understand what we are, who we are, and why we're here. So um, with that, let's all take a moment and uh, take a moment and turn within. Let's close our eyes. Sitting upright with energy focused and go ahead and look look gently never using force in this tradition but gently look upward towards the spiritual eye and allow your attention to be there and allow your energy which will follow your gaze naturally to that point and allow your gaze to be directed and just gaze gently Lovingly,
1: even, off into distant inner space. And open your heart and your being to the infinite. Recognize and acknowledge your divine nature. Your omniscience, your omnipresence. Acknowledge and recognize your pure essence of being as it is
0: projected
1: out of the unmanifest field of pure consciousness. As you are truly a, a particle, part of absolute reality, know this to be true. And surrender your heart to God as you know God to be. And just allow your mind to become more still.
0: And as you do so, it may be useful to use a mantra. Manas, meaning mind, try to take beyond. Just simply allow this to be a tool to take you beyond your thoughts. And then just set it aside as it drifts away.
1: And so breathe in with Hong on the in-breath. And breathe out with a saw on the outbreath. And as your mind relaxes, acknowledge the saints
0: and sages of our tradition, or any tradition that you respect. Then the purpose of this is to attract you to them, to their to their energy, to their to their the remembrance of their teachings. Babaji. Lahiri Mahasaya, Swami Sri Yukteswar, Paramahansa Yogananda, and Roy Eugene Davis.
1: Attune your consciousness there. Breathe in with Hong, and together we'll just slip into the silence, and drift, looking into distant inner space, the saw
2: on the outbreath. And as your mind
0: ever becomes calm and still, you may be able to perceive inner sound or see inner light. This phenomena can be used as a a further tool, again, to be discarded when no longer useful, but a tool to attract your attention within, away from the five sense telephones that are, as Yogananda always said, constantly jangling and drawing our attention. Away from what is within, from the truth.
1: From your pure essence. Your pure essence of being.
2: That's our true nature. So
1: focus on the light or the sound just simply to attract you within. Watching the breath. sit in the silence and simply feel everything settling down feel your body relaxing
0: your emotions becoming calm disturbances fading the non-reality of the life we live outside drifting away and acknowledging
1: the truth of your nature of being, your pure essence. And the beauty of meditating is that you put your consciousness
0: in tune with your truth, your essence, and in that, you are then undisturbed. Your natural
1: state. You're clear, you're calm,
2: you're open. And you're connected
1: to the wholeness of creation,
0: omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent.
1: That's you. That's who you are. Acknowledge and know that you are in your right place in this great drama of life. Know that the universe supports you in all ways, always. In every way and always. That your life, your breath, your heart all flow in perfect harmony with the forces of nature and that nature is supportive of you and your worthwhile endeavors. And as we conclude, I'd like us all to gently chant om three
0: times together. Oh. Shanti, Shanti, Om. Peace, Amen. I don't know about you, but 15 minutes—that's all that was—and it absolutely changed me. So I hope you all feel the same way. So what I'd like to do, my 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 hour will be spent on. This, the process of cosmic manifestation. And uh, despite the fact that that's, it's a pretty, even right off the bat, it sounds very, very heavy metaphysical. What I really want to drive home today is that it's not complicated, that it doesn't take a great deal of knowledge and a deep knowledge deep knowing of the facts and all the, 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 the and there is a lot involved in metaphysics when you when you dig deep and it's useful. So I wouldn't eliminate that. But in order to come in touch with what we are and what we truly are, it's useful to examine the process that brought us here so that we know where we came from. And we'd like to know where we're going and what our major purpose in life is and then where we want to end up. It's kind of difficult to take a useful journey if we don't know the beginning and the end, you know, where we're starting and where we're ending. It's like a map and our life is like a map. It's like a song line. It's a song of our life. You want to know the beginning, have a rhythm and get to the end. And It takes purposeful, disciplined approach. It doesn't just happen. If we allow it to just happen, then that's what happens. Not much. or stuff. And we don't live the way in the highest and best and most useful way that we can. So, my, again, the purpose of knowing this and studying this is to put it into practical use in our lives. And then we're, we're happier, more content, and we have a good life. And hopefully we become self-realized in this lifetime and we can. So what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll begin with um, reading something from the preface in Life Surrendered in God, and then I'll be walking through the book, and I don't intend to go into great detail necessarily. I may from time to time on certain parts, but I want to touch on things, and then we'll internalize if if, if you can stay with me with that, and we'll spend some time meditating together as we go through the book and and hopefully, when I'm finished, we'll all be a little more in tune with what it all means, this process. So I'm, I'm reading straight from the preface, is written by Mr. Davis. I wrote this book for God-surrendered devotees of the present era, and for truth-seekers centuries, centuries hence. It should not be taken merely as an interesting treatise to be read once and put away. The information presented here should be repeatedly examined and its meaning contemplated until understanding dawns in the mind as a result of direct soul perception. So what we're doing here, we'll be touching on the book, but this book is a it could be a lifetime work. There's so much in it. And, uh, and, and so the idea is to study, study it and, and integrate it. I'm jumping around. I'm not reading it. It's several, few pages long. So I'm just hitting a few points. The material is somewhat repetitive because of the character of the subject matter. And to consistently remind the reader of essential principles and procedures So rather than write only about the spiritual life, I have chosen to encourage readers to apply themselves, that I've chosen to encourage readers to apply themselves with all diligence to experience reality. So the goal is to read the book, but integrate it so that you may experience what's being taught, not just words on a page. Because This is a handbook for disciples attuned to the Kriya tradition. Most of the supporting quotes and references are taken from the Bhagavad Gita and from known comments of Kriya yoga gurus. However, the exposition of basic principles and the guidelines given will prove helpful to devotees of any enlightenment tradition. And this book was written here in Lakemont and published August 30th, nineteen ninety. 290 Dwaparda Yuga. And so interesting to know, and it's and, and, and to understand that in this entire physical universe and everything we're looking at, it's made up of only 118 known elements. And that's not a lot when you think about it in terms of everything that we're touching in metals, transition metals, metalloa, everything we're dealing with physically. So our bodies, our bodies are made up of 37 trillion cells. And you could look at the complicated nature of what's going on in the cell within us. This is all happening right here and now as you sit here. And now we start drawing ourselves within to understand truly what we start being made of. You know, we're made up of time and space and particles that then flow forth from this unmanifest field into physical reality through various stages. But still in this gross manifest world that we're in and this body that we're inhabiting, there's a hundred trillion atoms in each of those cells. So as you sit here, recognize and know that these multiple trillions, an uncountable number of, universes make up your body and the speed with which these atoms circulate is what makes up the density of the material. So you're made up of space. You are in reality. This is physical. This isn't metaphysical. This is what we are today here, sitting here. Then beyond the atom is the quark, a newly identified It's a group of elementary subatomic particles that interact by means of strong force. And physically, they are now saying these are the fundamental constituents of matter. But I will tell you that there's already science that's pointing to something smaller, even yet. So, again, in reality, physically, we're a universe, we're a universe of particles subatomic particles and beyond subatomic so beyond our body of our universe body when we look off into vast space the physical space we can see the planetary spheres circulating circulating in perfect harmony and in the vast universe and universes beyond into infinity truly we don't know where it ends Paramahansa Yogananda touches upon the connection between our physical body and even the spheres beyond and using the astrological chart. And in that chapter, within chapter 26, Yogananda brings our attention to the circulating of the Kriya Yoga current. Up and down the spine, and in, in that chapter, he describes bringing it up the right side of the the, the sun side of the spine, and down the, up the uh, and down the ida. So, not even using the shashum, he's circulating it in a circular manner around the constellations, as he called it, of the chakras. And he, in that chapter, even ties the uh, attributes of the chakras to the constellations and between the six and the front and the rear you come up with the 12 signs and so our bodies are space our bodies are universes that we are working within and within that body is what we truly are and that's our pure essence of being and so in the book that I'm life surrendered in God, uh, Guruji lays out a chart that we're not going to spend a whole lot of time dealing with the details of the chart today. We'll deal with the primary elements of the chart as we walk through what I'm going to be uh, teaching. It's known as samkhya. There's 24 categories in total. And I'll walk us through those categories uh, in, in some fashion as we run through our class. But the point I'm looking to make here is if you look at this chart, at the very bottom of the chart on the lower right hand side, there's a small triangle. This is ether, air, fire, water, earth. That piece is us. Everything above it in the metaphysical universe is where we flow from. At the very top of the chart is the unmanifest field of pure consciousness. And we flow through these various categories until through assimilation and through the pattern of space, time, and particles coming together through the astral and causal sense of subtle body Where souls are first, you know, come into being and separated, not separated, come into being. We're never separated. And all of that comes and flows into the physical universe.
1: And just simply the fact that we don't see it is
0: a very interesting defining moment for us to overcome. And I was using as an example the other day, the idea of bring it really down to earth, Wi-Fi. We live today in this new world. You're living right this second with Wi-Fi. And you're hearing me and seeing me, not because you have faith in Wi-Fi, just because you know it's there. It's transmitting this data. I don't know how, necessarily. I'm not a technological science. Uh, I don't study that in particular, and I don't know the facts. But I do know that we live with it. We don't see it. We just know it. And so with the same understanding, you, you may know. You may know with absolute certainty that we flow forth from the unmanifest field of pure consciousness in the same scientific manner, in a metaphysical process, that brings forth this pure essence of being that becomes in this body, and that our minds our minds are very similar to the receptivity of your computer. So just as your computer is receiving the signal and transmitting it clearly to you with absolute faith, you know it's going to happen. is just turn it on and there we are. I'd like you to just explore for yourself the concept and break through the barrier of obstacles that have been placed there by either by hearing inaccurate knowledge, simply putting barriers up yourself, or, or just being quite frankly so attracted by the five sense telephones of sight, taste, touch, hearing, all of that, that is drawing us into the body and and creating confusion, really, and making us unaware of what's really happening. And what's really happening is that your whole, pure nature, the pure essence of being that you are, is always connected to and flowing forth from and vibrating in tune with pure spirit that's you it's unmistakable we just don't see it and we've been blocked by our mind which is turns its attention away from the truth and gets us involved with everything else that we waste our time with all so much that we do even our emotions we're all hung up on so much physically and it's unnecessary It's a distraction. So that's the purpose of this exercise, is to take you from this uh, concept of your body being a universe. And it's a tiny step to move from that to understanding the invisibility and the connectivity of spirit as it's manifesting through your mind into your body. And the purpose of superconscious meditation and the purpose of kriya yoga is very simple you know roy used to say you know all i want you to do is you know wake up that's it wake up and, and that's that's the message turn away from all the physicality and all the attraction of the senses not we have to live in this world certainly we have to use the senses but ground yourself in in the knowledge of the truth. And when you do that, you've connected yourself to this manifestation, this process of cosmic manifestation, and you become a creator because you are never disconnected from this field of creation. And that's why we talk about the use of creative imagination and all of these things, and the reason it's so wonderful is, it creates a beautiful life for you when you do that. When you break through, and it isn't that you have to become completely enlightened and absolutely clear, and you're you know you're 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 walking in bliss all the time. It's just that you 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 get you get grounded in it, and then when all this is hap- first thing happens, you stop wasting your time doing useless things and and, and things that are of no benefit. You have a lot more time to do things that are of benefit. And and your focus and your discipline becomes involved in things that make your life better, more productive, happier, smoother. And and then you also open yourself to your body becoming a a magnet to what can be attracted to you. You know, our thoughts are, are, are like Wi-Fi they really are our thoughts have substance in this metaphysical plan and so when you project your thoughts from this physical universe outward it travels within upward and I mean, you know it isn't even a matter of upward because we always think in terms of physicality and this chart of course is vertical but it's not like that it's everywhere all the time we're in it it all of this exists as one thing around us within you through you and around you and and that's why we say you live in god you live in this universe and so when you put your thought out you just think in terms of wi-fi if you want to make it physical and you attract what you need to attract the universe is grace and it's here to support you and that is what brings us uh grace and life and peace and contentment and that's the purpose of the core practice here which is kriya yoga and meditation the superconscious meditation and beyond so that we can become clear receptacles of the truth and, and just simply wake up so with that i'm going to go ahead and uh before i even open the book though let's take another minute And internalize. So let's just shut our eyes for a moment and recenter and look within.
1: Just take a nice deep breath and turn your attention within. And then just recognize and know. That you are, as I say
0: when we opened our meditation, you are, and when I say it, I mean it.
1: You are a unit of the pure essence of being, a unit of absolute, of the absolute.
0: That's the truth. Our job is simple, to get out of the way, to get our physical mind and our intellect, our discrimination out of the way and just allow what we are to be and isn't it interesting that just by closing our eyes eliminating that one
1: that one disturbance we're allowed to focus more clearly and doesn't that tell you something
0: So Mr. Davis wrote, The Major Problem and the Only Solution, that's the title of this section that I'm reading from, as specialized units of pure consciousness with innate knowledge and almost unlimited capacities. Why is it that we're not always aware of our true nature, knowledgeable and freely functionable? The problem is unknowingness due to wrong identification. That's it. I could read a lot more, but that's it. It's unknowingness due to wrong identification. We're looking at the wrong thing. And the problem is unknowingness, and the solution then is obvious. We must find a way to awaken, to become conscious and knowledgeable, and to express our innate capacities. So central to all Enlightenment traditions is the teaching that we need to return our attention to the source. And in this sense, we use the word to God and to the unmanifest field of pure consciousness. How is this done? Beginning where we are, firmly resolved and imbued with faith, we enter into a process of needed inner
1: transformation and spiritual growth. Three steps are essential,
0: essential to this process. Repentance,
1: commitment, and practice. Repentance, commitment, and practice.
0: To repent means to admit our shortcomings and
1: to turn to God. To admit our shortcomings and to return to God. Without repentance, we remain where we are, until forced by circumstances or the grace of God to change. To be
0: committed means to be firmly decided on a constructive course of action. You're committed. You know what you need to do, and you're going to do it. To practice means to adjust behavior so that we are able to live according to our aspiration and commitment. And that one's pretty simple, really. It's to to adjust our life, to live in accord with natural laws, to adjust your schedule, to allow time for superconscious meditation daily, every day, as a true dedicated Kriya Yogi. This isn't for... You know the, this is really for people that wish to advance. This isn't uh you know saw so, this isn't a softer, easier way. This is this is the way. So if you want to get there, you do this, you you practice, you follow the directions. That's all I did with 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 Mr. Davis. I just listened to him and he, he liked me because I followed his directions. I guess who wouldn't? <laughs> I like it when people listen to me and <laughs> say what I want to do. I'm not always right though, as, as I've learned many times, but Guruji seemed to be right all the time with me. And I listened to him and I followed his directions. So by doing so and having a commitment and without commitment, there will be no focus. You need that commitment. You need that direction of attention and you must have a definition of purpose. And that's really um, the most interesting aspect of this whole Kriya Yoga tradition are those three issues. And everything sort of falls beyond, beneath those in, in terms of importance. But if we have that commitment and we have that firm resolve, I know that Roy Eugene Davis, from an early, early time, he, he, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to be. He wanted to wake up all the way. And he devoted his life to it, and he and he did it. So now I'll begin, and again for a moment, let's let's take a minute and assimilate that just for ourselves gently. So I talk a little forcefully. I know I get I get I get I get wound up. Well, let's just gently assimilate those three concepts into our consciousness again. And I'll repeat them gently as we we do so. And let's close our eyes and think in terms of repentance, commitment, and practice. And just for yourself, think about what that means. What does repentance mean for you? To repent really just means to admit our shortcomings. Nobody necessarily likes to do that, but it's useful. It's it's not just useful. It's paramount, and it's constant, because new shortcomings come up. So to repent means to spend some time with yourself quietly and looking at yourself. How can I improve? What can I do? How may I increase my compassion, for example? How can I eliminate certain aspects of this human personality that have have taken place within this body from this
1: misdirected mind? Maybe misdirected by the senses. So how do I repent? What may I do? Even as a first step to do something.
0: And then think for yourself within yourself quietly. This is also very personal. This isn't something we talk about. Then, this again resonates back to that idea of community. We don't sit and chit chat about these things,
1: but we know we're doing them. We know we're doing them together. So, what is that commitment? How deep is your
0: commitment? How meaningful is your commitment? Is it something that rises to the top of your list of things you must do? How committed are you? Is it more important to focus on this than to check your Instagram post? I would hope so. Commitment.
1: And then, of course, practice. Without practice we
0: we 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 do not become proficient. It's as simple as that. You don't become a master at anything unless I imagine there's a few, very, very few, that have spontaneous awakening or were born into a body that already that is uh, that you bring with you some extraordinary talent that's somehow carried along and you're a master pianist. But even that takes practice to teach the new body muscle memory. So we must practice whatever we're doing to become proficient. And so that commitment and that practice and the, and the level and the depth and the significance with which you place that in your responsibilities to yourself, your capital S, soul self, is what will drive your life. That's the driving force of your happiness. You want to be happy, want to be prosperous in every way, and have love and light and all joy and everything you need when you need it? Practice these things, and that's what happens. I know that to be absolutely true. It works.
1: All right. So we'll get right to
0: Category 1, which is the unmanifest field of pure consciousness. So the absolute transcendental reality underlying all manifestation is devoid of discernible characteristics or attributes yet contains within itself limitless possibilities. It's the source of every outer expression, while itself remaining removed from that which is manifest, and that that is. Its influences make possible the field of nature, but its essential beingness remains stable and self-complete. That's the unmanifest field of pure consciousness. It causes all actions but it is not itself acted upon. Devotees can experience it. You can feel it. You can intuitively sense it during interludes of spontaneous transcendence. And you can train yourself, and it says you can train themselves, to experience it at will by correctly practicing superconscious meditation. So when you're meditating superconsciously, And you reach that point where you're absolutely calm, you're still. If you've been using a mantra or listening to inner sound or light or whatever, it all
1: just, it's gone. And as you're sitting this absolute stillness with not a thought, but you're awake, you're alert, you're alert and aware.
0: You intuitively begin to sense this this, this I call it this thing, this beingness, because and it's usually in retrospect. Because once you're thinking about it, you're not there anymore. But once the mind reengages and looks back towards your superconscious experience, you'll start questioning, saying, "Hmm, whoa, what, what was that? I, I thought I, I sensed." of uh, that i felt like i could see forever for example and that is a glimpse into that 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 field from which everything flows and it's useful because and and again it, it, it it's wonderful if we get to that point where it's constant and undisturbed and nothing ever disturbs it but our we're dealing with a lot in these these senses that we have, and, and a lot of that we're um, in, in, in this body. Things are happening and happening in the world around us. But for that moment, when you experience that, you've been changed forever. There's no looking back. You can forget about it. People do. They get reattracted by uh re-involved with and, and confused by their senses again, it's very, very attractive out there. And, and it's very disturbing, you know, in and, and the crowds and, and not being part of that crowd and so forth. You need to just disassociate from that and become detached. And then you're able to lock into the super consciousness. So the unmanifest field is something, even though it is sometimes referred to as being void. Its voidness is merely absence of modification. There's nothing modified within it, not absence of being. While it is beyond time, because it, time doesn't exist there, we use relative terms to say it has ever existed and will ever exist. But again, I want to be clear, these are relative terms. Because it's inexplicable. It's beyond time, space, particles, even God. It's the unmanifest field. So outside the boundaries of space-time, all relative manifestations in the field of nature indicate its existence, as all effects indicate their causes. So turn within with me, please. Let's again eliminate vision and close our eyes. So that we're internalized. Simply to allow us to focus a little more clearly together. And just simply allow yourself to take the the leap. And they call it the leap of faith. I'd like to call it the leap of knowing. Allow your mind, your receptacle, the receiver of the signal, of of the vibrationary elements that connect us to wholeness. That's our mind, and beyond the mind, intuition. But while we're here talking, we use the physical object, which is the mind. And so use your mind to remind yourself. That's a good word, remind yourself
1: of what you are. That you are pure essence of being. That
0: through the steps that we'll talk about, you have have traveled forth, manifested as a soul through time, space, particles, the ether, astral, causal realm. Through the 39 constituent elements that make up the physical body and into the physical realm of ether, air, fire, water,
1: earth, and that here you are. Here you are is a pure essence of being, a soul, undisturbed, unmodified.
0: And when I say omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, it's because that is what it, it it that's what this pure essence is, because you are ultimately, finally, simply a projection from that unmanifest field that has
1: been allowed to take form through these processes. So know your pure essence of being. live from your pure essence of being be directed
0: and have your 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 actions your behavior
1: your worthwhile desires your goals your service allow it to be directed through your intuition the receptacle through the mind beyond the mind that reflects this
0: pure essence of being in this unmanifest field projection of you of yourself, capital s, your soul, your light, and so when I meditate with you and I say, you are in your
1: right place in this great drama of life i mean it but i'm talking
0: about i guess i could say you with a capital y instead of s with a capital self because that's the you i i'm referring to because that when we allow ourselves to know the truth and to step beyond the noise we know that's that's it and then and then you have awakened you've awakened maybe to some degree but maybe momentarily you're fully awake for a second or for a long while depending on your experience category 2 is the godhead
1: This is the initial manifest being and its field of operation. The initial manifest being
0: and its field of operation. So what does that mean? Just the title itself. So beyond what we call God is the unmanifest field. And so God, in this tradition, and in this knowledge base, is a being. It's actually consciousness. The field of God is the first outward expression from the unmanifest field of consciousness. There may be other fields of God, and from them other manifest universes, as there could be many bubbles of water in a sea. And we are also these little bubbles of water in this vast sea. But for the purpose of our present discussion, we'll ponder the field of God, which directly relates to our known universe. From the field of God, the spheres, planes, and dimensions of nature are produced, and by it, by it, they are maintained. So unlike the unmanifest field, which has no discernible characteristics, the field of God has attributes, which can be examined, discussed known about experienced complete knowledge of god however can only be known through direct perception after even superconscious states have been transcended in the godhead three attributes or qualities prevail these are the gunas the results of the interplay of polarity which regulate the forces within the field of god and nature guna means that which restrains, restrains or contains. Restrains or contains. These attributes make possible changes and transformation of forces. Again, guna means that which restrains or contains, and these attributes, these three elements, are what make possible changes and transformation of nature. They are sattva, the elevating luminous attribute. They are rajas, that which influences change and transformation. And there is tamas, which contributes to heaviness or inertia. So being also present in the field of nature, they are influential in our minds and bodies. Very influential contributing to changes and transformations in mind as body, as well as changes in consciousness. Safaguna returns forces in nature to the field of God. Rajas is involved with changes. Thomas makes possible gross manifestations. On the spiritual path, the devotee overcomes tamasic influences. By engaging in purposeful actions, regulates rajasic influences, and then even influences sattva influences. And so sattva is elevating, and so to influence this elevating element is useful. And as you recognize and 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 pay attention to the flow from this, and again it's a vertical chart, but I'd like everybody to think of multidimensionally, because we live in this dimensional universe and we don't. We live in this physical dimensional universe, but the meta- metaphysical universe is multidimensional. It's everywhere all at once. Surround us, in us, through us, we're breathing in it. And the, the, the more that you can come in tune with this multidimensional nature of what we're existing within, automatically it starts to remove obstacles that we have placed in our minds because of our dimensional way of thinking. So eliminate that. Be a metaphysical thinker eliminate the idea of dimension, or even multi-dimensions. There is none. It's wholeness, allness, oneness, everywhere, all at one time. The Gunas are influential also in promulgating this force that then begins the process of manifestation. And that takes us to the next category, which is category three which is movement in the direction of outer manifestation. Category three is movement in the direction of outer manifestation. So when the gunas, the regulating attributes within the field of the Godhead, are in a state of equilibrium, that's perfect. They're all perfectly balanced, and the field of God is self-contained, and the universe is non-existent. But when this equilibrium is disturbed, Rajasic and Tamasic
1: influences prevail and the universe is sent forth. I'll go ahead and read uh, one more
0: piece and then we'll move on. All the way, this is from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 8, 16 to 19. All the way from the realm of Brahma, the Godhead. All the worlds revolve again and again. Upon returning to the source, there is no more rebirth. People who know day and night know that the day of Brahma, God manifesting, extends to a thousand aeons. All the manifest entities arise from the unmanifest field upon the coming of the day. And upon the coming of the night, they dissolve into that very thing called the unmanifest. The aggregate of beings and elements born again and again is then dissolved at the coming of the night, quite helplessly, and is produced again the arrival of the day. And the day is the universal manifestation that persists for trillions of solar years and assumed an equal duration of non-time. And this is why even sattva guna has to be transcended by the devotee, because as long as one's consciousness is supported by it, the possibility of Rajasic and Tamasic influences becoming instrumental prevails. Because the soul is made in the image and the likeness of God, that is, a unit of consciousness. We can direct attention inward to perceive the feeling and awareness of the soul. Which is the same as the feeling and awareness of God. Let's spend a moment with that. Because that's what we're, what we're doing when we're in superconscious meditation. We can direct our attention inward. You can. To perceive. The feeling and awareness of the soul.
1: That's when you're in that utter silence, awake, aware, clear, knowledgeable in the background.
0: You're in touch with God. Your soul in this multi dimensional, non dimensional, metaphysical universe is within God. And that's when you perceive. God, as you perceive that perfect, absolute stillness, you're there. And for that moment, you're awake. You've done it. And as I said, once you've tasted that, metaphysically speaking, you're changed forever. In this way, we can accurately determine the nature of God and be imbued with faith sufficient to continue our spiritual practice so it's a very encouraging moment when we have that experience and we realize okay now i understand why i'm doing this you know we want to spend our time in a purposeful manner and so when we meditate to the point of superconsciousness we sit and sometimes we i find that i have to sit for a while and when, you, when you're there, it, you realize you're, you're awake again, and you're reminded, and you're grounded. You're grounded in the truth of your nature. And then, as you identify that, and as you identify your soul, and you're identifying God, then you're at peace. And everything else in this physical universe falls into its proper category which a lot of the time is maybe fairly useless and that helps us change our behavior. You know, that's why we say when you meditate effectively when you meditate to the state of superconsciousness. things happen, addictions drift away, uh, useless behavior just becomes un, you know, un- uninteresting to you. You know, m- many Kriya yogis say, wow, you know, I don't like, I don't like to hang around my friends anymore. That's because probably they're no good for you, possibly. I'm not saying they are, but it might, you might maybe want to find some new company. You might, want to, you might find that you, you look at what you're doing with your time, even your vocation, and say, whoa, why am I putting myself in that environment? You might want to improve your life. And make some changes. Have the courage. It's not easy Sometimes. Category four, don't worry, some of these categories are lumped together, so I'll be able to blast right through the last bunch. Category four is the individual individualization and self-involvement of consciousness. The creative force, the word endowed with intelligence, is the self-begotten, small s, God. Everything else in the universe is an expression of this primal creative force. Again, The creative force, which we call the word, you can think of it as Aum. Aum is the manifesting principle that we're able to hear with our physical body. And Aum is that way of identifying with the vibrationary influence of creation flowing forth into what we are. And that's the beginning of the individualization and capital S, self, soul involvement of consciousness. And this is, flows through creative force, time, space, and fine material forces and particles. So now you're flowing forth from nothingness, the void, to the Godhead, and the Godhead down to the beginning of, of, of this individualization. First, there's the movement towards with the sattva, Raja, Thomas, gunas, and then all this, this is all still metaphysical. But now we start flowing forth into creative force, time, space, particles, which starts putting some kind of metaphysical form to our soul nature. The individualization of our souls begin at this level. And this level is only, again, if you, I'm not going to get too into the chart. It's like halfway up the chart. So we're now getting into creation, creating ourselves. And so by manifestation veils reality, so it obscures the perception of reality for the soul involved with it. Identified with the outer, we cannot perceive the inner. We are aware of effects, but not the cause of effects. Our studies and spiritual practices enable us to understand and perceive the inner nature of life. And so, born into the field of matter, the soul so identifies with matter that it temporarily loses its ability to apprehend the fine aspects which make the manifestation of matter possible. Thus, sense bound, the soul is in need of being born again, awakened from material consciousness to divine consciousness. Unless a self, a sense imprisoned soul, is so quickened until it's self and they cannot fully comprehend the field of nature or the nature of God. Unenlightened people ask God to do things for them. Enlightened souls rest in God consciousness and let creative results flow into expression. Unenlightened people ask God to do things for them. Enlightened souls rest, simply rest, in the knowledge of what is true, God consciousness. And they let creative results flow into expression. The field of cosmic mind manifestation is the fifth category. The field of cosmic mind manifestation is that through which creative force expresses as will be seen, this field is comprised of the same aspects present in our minds, because our minds are specialized units of it. And th- th- that is where I opened with, with everybody. I mentioned that our mind is really like the receptacle in the computer, the modem, we may want to call it, our cosmic modem. Our mind is the receptacle, the receiver of the beginning of this force, which then is perceived through our intuition and that is flowing forth from the field of cosmic mind the mind world connecting principles and their essences and products are categories 6 to 24 see i told you i'd rip right into that last piece and wrap it up before my time's up the essence of a thing is its fundamental cause and support the spiritualized field of cosmic awareness has five essential manifestations of aura electricities. And here I'm not going to walk through the math because that's where I said we can kind of get lost in the math of the final piece. But time, space, particles, the gunas, the Godhead, all of this flows into metaphysically. Even at a metaphysical level, I wouldn't call it a grosser set of influences, but we flow down into individuality, forming, you know, not to get caught up in terms, but at causal, ideational realm, and then become more where, you know, uh, where is a resting place, really, for uh, for enlightened beings. And then we flow forth again, down, I say downward, but multidimensionally, through these uh, elements until we form physicality. And there are 39 constituent elements in creating this physicality, you know, ranging from mobility, dexterity, elimination, assimilation, and so forth. And, there's, uh, and that's uh, another subset of what's happening here as we flow into earth, air, fire, water, ether, and, and we're here
1: embodying consciousness our light, our souls, our being. So let's close by turning within. And take a nice deep breath in. and Breathe in the beautiful air.
0: exhale and allow all all heaviness
1: to eliminate and be expressed outward. And rest in the peace and, and the joy of knowing that you
0: are truly at your very
1: fundamental level of pure essence of being. These aren't just words, this is the truth
2: this is
1: this is you And the more in, in in the more clear you become, the more that you
0: are able to manifest your life in perfect harmony with all that there is, and you'll experience joy you'll experience peace and contentment in all things It's available to you. I know it to be absolutely true. And we may waver here, we may waver there, we may get off our game, but you'll always be able to come back,
1: come back to the truth, to sit in the silence, and not to escape, but to rest in God, in the truth, and to
0: identify with that aspect of you, which is God, your soul and i'm so happy to be with you
1: all today so om shanti shanti om peace